live from the Man Cree 2023. I am Clark Kent. Just kidding. Clay Inferno here, ready to come at you with the 2022 recap. I had so carefully had Stacy help me figure out my camera angle. And then when I came here and here with a load of snacks and drinks, I knocked the camera out of the way. We were a little delayed, but thank you so much for joining us today. I've had a eventful year, I guess. There's been lots going on, a lot of good things, a lot of sadness and uh, personal stuff for everyone, I'm sure. It just continues. The pandemic didn't help, and then things got worse, and things were crazy. But we did get back to concerts, and I think I'll start with a little concert recap slash comedy show. The first one back was a good one and an important one. The Minimalists got moved from the Wilbur over to the Armory, and I met those guys, and they were great. I'd been subscribing to their newsletter for such a long time, and it was an honor to meet them. And now I'm a patron. I didn't wasn't exactly drinking their Kool-Aid, at, as it were, at the beginning. I was interested in minimalism, but now I'm like all in on it, going through my things carefully, getting a storage space, which is not a minimalist thing to do in and of itself, but uh, we're going to make this house our perfect place. If that means renting a storage space, selling some stuff, and get rid of the, the clutter, then that's what we're going to do. So that was awesome. So live show with the minimalist. Good way to start the year. My next one was also in January with Chris Red from SNL. Very, very funny. I think he also left SNL this year. So he was a cast member and he has a comedy special on HBO Max, which I've yet to see. But I think I saw his hour when he was here. Although I'm sure there's wonderful, cool stuff on there. And it's always good to watch comedy specials, even if you've seen the material, because they do it all nice. More podcasts and stuff at Crystal Ballroom. This was Old Man and the Three, which is a basketball podcast. Special guest, Marcus Smart, who is a Celtics player. And this was right before the trade deadline or something to that effect i don't know but everybody was hyped to see that show it was great that's another thing that happened this year is we lost a lot of venues we were doing a lot of shows at hard rock cafe my first show back was november 2021 and it was at hard rock cafe and it was sold out and we were still checking bags cars and masks and all that stuff so throughout the course of the year like we'll see that there were mask mandates at a certain point and then they went away and then i just i don't remember exactly the dates but i do remember when it was just kind of a relief when we didn't have to deal with even asking people for their vax cards and everything don't get me wrong i'm all four vaccines and everybody, but it did create kind of like some stress, the masks and everything. So now, now I just feel like having an extra thing to do when you go out uh, was making people not want to go out. I'm glad that things are busier now. We had a cool show in March with Michael Costa, who you remember from The Daily Show uh, with Trevor Noah. And Trevor is now a lot of news, like the people, comedians moving on and doing different things, which is cool. But Mike Costa was a great, really funny show. Skeptics Guides to the Universe. That was pretty unique, weird, 
show, a, a panel sort of podcast thing, but it was all very scientific based and I appreciated them. They were all very nice. Everybody was great. This was a big one. Kane and Gill, April 1st, sold out Somerville Theater main room. I haven't done a show at the Somerville Theater main room in a number of years because we did Jonathan Richman there for a long time. And one thing about the Somerville Theater is that I'm not really an advanced person when it comes to like all the gear and tech and all that stuff. So this was a weird one. We had to rent all this gear, light, sound, video. Kanan and his manager were from India, which wasn't a really big deal. But when I was talking to them, like they were in India at the time before they came here to the States. And they were just trying to figure out the time, do Zoom calls and all that. But it, everybody was very cool. Uh, Rahul is the guy's name that uh, we ended up doing a little later in the year. We ended up doing another show with uh, his manager. It was a great great show uh i learned a lot even though like now 47 years old <laughs> i still have a lot to learn in the music business we returned to the middle east upstairs with the sold out show with good kid and phone boy and then these guys had some festival appearances over the summer so good for them we call them a baby band in the industry sell out 200 tickets and go live your life and hopefully grow a big fan base, get on some big festivals and things like that. So they're on the right track. They're pop punk bands, but also video game bands. Um, and I think a lot of Twitch users or followers or whatever are into this band. They're very cool. And I appreciate that. Clint Colley, going to follow this guy on Instagram. He's hilarious. We might skip a few here. We've got, Oh, this was an, a very memorable show in April, perhaps the last time the Ned Flanders cover band, Oakley Doakley, will tour. Uh, Head Ned, as he's called, he is having a baby, or he probably has had a baby since then. Uh, so he's kind of taking a break from touring for a bit. Never say never. I mean, how many times did Kiss break up? So hopefully you can get your heavy nettle at some point in the future, but don't hold your breath. <laughs> That's kind of what they're trying to say. Um, stupid, sexy Flanders. Best of luck to y'all out there. And there was another cool band. Steak Sauce Mustache played the show. And our good, good friend Megaran was there. I got to do a couple of shows with Megaran this year. He's a delight. He's a friend. He's always kicking ass. He's got his wrestling stuff. He's his Patreon. He continue. He, he has these little clicks of uh, rappers. He's always doing work with, and what an inspiring guy. So, Megaran, shout out to you. Thanks for coming on my podcast before, but also just you're a great guy, and and uh, I'm excited for the news uh, for your, for your family. Great to see Megaran back in April. And oh, oh, here here's another interesting nerdcore show we did uh laser formerly of or actually of the the double clicks not formerly of and uh emily henry came out for a tour and we rented the faces brewing company which is a very cool brewery setting great place for just singer songwriter shows and uh people showed up they came out to malden it's a little tough for me to get out there in all honesty but you know what well, we do this for rock and roll that was great. <laughs> um, value select. This is another Twitch band, YouTube band. Value select jazz emo. I can't even really describe what happened at the show. It was a lot of skits. 
and videos and videos I'd never seen before being replayed. It was uh, very creative, though. I got to give props for that. It was uh, it wasn't just music. It was acting. It was skits. It was audience participation. Very cool. Very enthusiastic fans. That was also at Hard Rock Cafe back in May. R.I.P. Hard Rock Cafe. Don't know if we're going to do shows back when they reopen there. So it's another place that's just gone. Can't forget about this. Summertime, we had MC Chris, the last tour. So MC says he's not touring anymore, and he came through. We hosted him in the Middle East upstairs with our friends Crunkwitch. I gotta say, they're coming back soon. MC Chris, it was great. He was there. He was here with his son, and we had a great time. And uh, his son was on stage, and everyone was having a blast and taking selfies. And it was just a good time. You see a lot of people he hadn't seen in a while. I gotta say, one criticism I have to say of the nerdcore scene or whatever it is seen in Boston, people aren't coming out as much. I mean, it's cool that we can sell out Middle East upstairs for MC Chris, but I'd like to almost sell out a bigger room. Like, why can't we sell out the Middle East downstairs? I'm not, it's not a criticism to MC Chris. I just think the fans are not coming to see these bands and acts that they really appreciate, supposedly. So I don't know what to tell you, but I wish more people would come out to shows. I wish we could have moved MC Chris to a bigger room or something like that for his last show. But that is not to shit on the night. We had a great, great time. MC Chris, the last tour. That's it. Our friend Joe Mandy came back in July for a show at Crystal Ballroom. And uh, that was a lot of fun. I had to, uh, you might have seen him on Hacks. And he was a writer for The Good Place. Listen to Derson's Good Place episode. He he's a writer and an actor, a very funny guy, very cool too. That was a lot of fun. Followed that up the next day with Yo Is This Racist with Andrew T and Tawny Newsom. And Tawny Newsom, as you know, is on Star Trek Lower Decks and is a delight. And Andrew and Tawny have a podcast company, Supplemental Pods, and then they sent me a Supplemental Pod shirt. Later on, I didn't ask for it. They were very nice, and I love seeing them. And Tony's been nice to do two shows with her. Andrew couldn't make the first show we did for this, but he like called in or something. That was at City Space a few years ago. Ooh, I cannot forget about this night. From Hacks, Hannah Einbinder, I before mentioned from the Joe Mandy <laughs> experience there. Uh, two sold-out shows at the Armory. It was awesome. It's one of those things where you get to do a show with people that you respect and you see. And I've gotten a lot of chances to see very, like a lot younger people, like inspire me to create art. And Hannah's one, Joe is one, even, you know, like my peers, I would say, not peers just because like they're my buddies, but like Megaran and, and MC Chris too. Same thing. Like I'm just inspired by all the stuff that people are doing. I went and saw Tim Heidecker live doing his double show comedy music. That was amazing. Back that up with <laughs> in September, Neil Hamburger was here with major entertainer and wow, what a great fun show. We had a blast. It's always a blast to hang out with Greg and major entertainer. And they're just so, they're just so cool. And they were so funny and relaxed and appreciated their fans. I mean, Greg's been doing this for a long time and he is just very, very cool. The 
Next night as well, James Austin Johnson from SNL. You know him from his Trump and his Biden on SNL. And he's hilarious. And man, we had a great time. Joe DeRosa, who has a very funny podcast just getting into now with Sal Volcano. Uh, he was at Crystal Barham as well in September. It was great. It was an honor to have Luke O'Neill come and do a show with Joe Troman. It was like a book show uh, about Joe's book, None on the Rocks. We know Joe, of course, from Fallout Boy. And uh, thanks again to Luke for doing it. It's not easy when someone's asked to like moderate something if they haven't done it before. And this was Luke's first time. And two days before, the guy that Joe was with was a, like a friend of his from Rolling Stone. And he was, uh, he was saying like, wow, like this, I couldn't believe that Luke, that was his first time sort of doing this. It was his being with my friend from Rolling Stone. And I was like, that's so cool. Cause I, I was able to like ask Luke and. And uh, it took a little coaxing, uh, but but thanks again because that was just great. You killed it, Luke and uh, and and Joe. Thanks, Hannah. It was great. He was super nice as well. Also in September, we have Therapy Gecko. If you're familiar with that podcast, hey, thanks guys. Thanks for the chairs. Since now we inherited their stage chairs. Ardell Hanlon. He was a great show back in September as well, and I was always a fan of Father Ted. He's he, he's he's amazing on the show, Google, and he was a great guy. He was a great guy. Another classic, good like Irish stand-up, but like a pro- professional guy that's like been around for so long. An actor, been in movies, TV, just grinding it out doing stand-up, and super gracious to his fans. It was funny because <laughs> this night he's like, oh, we, we load everybody out, and it's like, oh, where's everybody going oh everybody's going down to this pub which is close by to where the crystal ballroom is and he said oh that's where they're going i'm going this way he like basically pointed the other direction like he didn't want to be swamped by all his fans that is to say after he spent like way too much time talking with them after the show he was just like no i need to go to a place where maybe they aren't so i can have a pie and chill for a while after uh so that i just thought that was funny uh here's the guy's name of the show i was mentioning before rahul sub two shows killed it great show arts of the armory then there was uh, a time when I, what did I have to do? Oh, I was at Crystal Ballroom. We had another crew over at the Armory, Double Night, Squeezy Jibs, and Ninja Brian took up that night. So sometimes you get shows at two different cool spots. I went to New York Comic Con. That was amazing. We had a blast. I'm going to talk about Comic Con now for a minute because I'm on my birthday show Project Klein, which I didn't make it to because I was in New York Comic Con. Check it out. We get down to New York. We immediately go to like this fancy building. I'm skipping a lot along the way because we still had our bags with us. We needed to check in. It's because I have the DC Infinite on my iPad that I was like invited to go to the special Batman screening. I don't know what it was. It was just like Batman related. And it turns out, so like we just got to there we haven't checked to our hotel or anything yet and we saw jim lee and tom king and mark silvestri and um head of marvel tv jeff lope 
uh, all on a panel together, like talking about Batman. And they gave us all the swag, like all this really cool stuff, like Hush autograph by Jim, Jim Lee. And then I was leaving and I was like, wow, it's like, I said something dumb out loud, like I always do, so that like Stacy hears me, but also everybody else in the world hears me. I was like, wow, this is like a cool spot. I like wonder where we are, kind of thing. And the guy like kind of popped up out of nowhere and was like, we're actually in the DC offices now. And I was like, really? Oh, well, very nice. So just by having a digital subscription to DC, I will get there. Only been reading my comics digitally after G.I. Joe 300 because series ended. I'm going minimalist. And also I can read anything I want on here. So it's like the Netflix of the digital comics really appeals to me. Like I can read Demon Bear Saga, even though I don't own the trade, you know? So it's just, uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Comic-Con, there was a bunch of other stuff that was happening at Comic-Con. That was a big highlight that we kicked it off with the Batman thing. And then we kind of ended it. We got to see a preview and meet the actors from Wednesday. And also we got to, we saw a panel for all the Star Trek stuff, Paramount Plus. So all the stuff people were excited about with Wednesday when it came out, like we saw a little sneak peek and we were like, kind of telling everybody like, wait till you see Wednesday, wait till you see Wednesday. It's so good. And of course it was awesome. It was amazing, actually. It was so good. We're getting closer to the end of the year here. We had Beth Stelling, James A. Caster, I Fight Dragons. Oh, I went to see Clerks 3 with my friend Sal, who's in Rebuilder. And Rebuilder has a song. Congrats to those guys. Rebuilder has a song that's in the movie. And it's one of those songs that really is part of the movie. I don't mean that like when people are like, well... Gotham is a character in Batman. Like, yes. But the way they use their song really moved the story along. And I was like, wow, like, that's not just your song in the credits or on the radio or whatever. It's like really, really, really part of the movie. So shout out to Rebuilder. And also Mega Ran also had a track on Clerks 3. So we went to the screening. Kevin Smith will uh, we'll get there because I have a funny thing I want to say about Kevin Smith and the Wilbur a little bit later. <laughs> he was great and did a Q&A and everybody was so cool. Going to my last concert and a little bit of a humble brag, a little bit of an update for y'all because I got to do this. What does that mean? That means that I got to do Channel 5 Live. I got to moderate this at the Wilbur. I was like asked who would be good to do it. And I suggested some people and they said, well, would you want to do it? I said, oh, geez. Yeah. Like I love Andrew. All guys, no breaks. Channel 5. I watch all his videos. And I think he's awesome. And he did not disappoint. He was a super cool guy. What happened is there was a snowstorm, so he was a little late. This is like only a couple weeks ago. So Andrew, Andrew Callahan, Channel 5 Live. I was a moderator at the Wilbur. Super fun. Great opportunity for me. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Uh, I asked my friend Scott to come and, uh, and take some pictures of me at the Wilbur because I've never gotten the chance to do something like this big. Yeah be on that stage like that so he took like some and then i said well you know i can kind of use some new like 
biographical photos. My hair is so much longer and whatnot. So uh, we're walking around the Wilbur, and then I just remembered that a few weeks earlier that Kevin Smith couldn't stop talking about the radiators that are on the wall in the back of the Wilbur. And I just thought it would be funny if I just spammed Kevin's social social media with like me professional photos like pointing at the radiators and stuff like that I haven't punked him like that in uh, such a way but maybe he'll like I don't know I'll, I'll wait till at least his podcast is out to do it because I haven't shown anybody the pictures which are awesome so thank you Scott Murray for S. Murray photo if you go to Secret Boston you can go to the photo section he has a bunch of galleries on there you can follow him there but thank you thank you Scott for that thank you for the Wilbur thank you Andrew so let me talk about Andrew and Channel 5 for a second which also ties back into my tim heidecker and greg turkenton experiences this year because absolutely which is the people that made tim and eric eric wareheim and tim heidecker and their team of producers and whatnot and jonah hill made this movie with this kid i mean he's 26 andrew callahan he was driving around the country and he was going to trump rallies and then he basically the story is uh the the movie is called uh this place rules and it's kind of the lead up to the the insurrection through the eyes of trump people through the eyes of antifa people backlog people through through regular voters through any anybody like very diverse i guess he did over 500 interviews for this not like he knew the insurrection was going to happen, but he had had sort of the election as his target topic for this movie. Uh, and he happened to capture a lot of the lead up to January 6th. So, and also it's, yeah, I guess it's, we're getting close to January 6th anniversary. Also, yeah, it's like the winter time. So it was like on tour and like, I, I got asked to do this thing like a couple days before the thing was going to happen. Getting off topic here. The movie's great. It's on HBO Max. It's called This Place Rules. Produced by Jonah Hill, Eric Wareheim, Tim Heidecker. And Channel 5, I think this kind of um not a meme but like i think it's like a holdover brand quote-unquote brand for tim and eric uh i think i remember on the awesome show they had like some channel five stuff but anyways they do all of their stuff under andrew does all of this stuff independently under channel five news they're they they sold the movie which is an individual piece of art to a24 and h and they have it so it's now it's streaming and it can remain separate but as a piece of art he still gets to do channel five tim and eric were also produced the movie oops the with joan hill and others so it's just a very cool thing i thought it would be pretty nerdy but also like kind of cool when you see people moderating they have like the logo on there so you know this was kind of uh something that <laughs> I was writing notes on and Scott was with me there all day and the, the tour was like kind of late getting there so we kind of flew through the first show and then the second show but I was like excited and I was like a hype man I was introducing people on stage and then the very very last literally the last minutes because the Wilbur needed to close at 12 midnight and it was like 11 52 and I'm like on stage with these four guys, Andrew, Evan, 
Saddam, who's his, it was his birthday tonight, so that was a fun thing, and Nick, who all made the movie and are part of the Channel 5 crew. But I did actually get to rip through some of these questions, and I think uh, the feedback from the team was that they said that I said had good questions and stuff, which was, I did all, I had look at all these notes. Uh, but uh, I think I did a good job. I was happy to do it. I was honored to do it. But also, you got to check out this movie because it's wild. And I think that maybe people might not want to watch it if they think it's like lefty propaganda. It's not. I think that anyone, any side of the political spectrum really can enjoy this and see things from the what he does. He does a lot of one of the questions I asked him was basically, why do you think you're such a good listener? Because that's the best part about his interviews. He listens and he in- interprets. And I saw a little bit of why on some other interviews, I saw a little bit of how he hones that skill because he doesn't want to put people on blast, even if he thinks what they're saying is false or if they he thinks that they're believing something is bullshit like he just listens and gets along with a lot of different kind of people and i said this on stage in my introduction show i was like he's very inspiring i wish him literally all the best with this stuff is it's great (laughs) one question asked and that no one will hear and I think one of the things that they appreciated about me, I said, it was one of the things where it was like, oh, no one's asked me that before. So I said, what would be like, and this went off into some tangent when the, the answer, I didn't really get the answer I was looking for, but I was glad that I asked the question. I just said, you know, why, I, I know you do like reality, this is journalism, this is capturing what's in front of you, words and, words and all. But also, like, what would it be like, have you ever thought of doing, like, making fiction? You know, like, not writing a novel, but, like, making a, directing, a, like, a movie or something like that. You know, I, I think that he just appreciated the question. They talked about, like, how they have itched, like, movies and dumb, like, uh, van driving around and you come up with a stupid idea kind of <laughs> um, movies and you know maybe they shoot like short little fun films for themselves or whatever uh, skits but they, he was like oh it was like that was it felt just like yeah that was a good question that was a good question but then it was countdown to midnight and that was like literally like you guys better be off state like I wasn't involved with running the show or anything but I would which is different for me. So I was just need to be do what I was told. They were like, you need to be off stage. Like the, you're going to shut the PA off at midnight, but it was also Saddam's birthday. So we did the countdown and then it was like, happy birthday, Saddam. And, and, uh, everybody get, get off stage. So it was just, it was a lot of fun. And thanks again for those that had asked me to do it. I don't mean to be bragging about it or anything. I'm just saying it was fun to do and I liked doing it. Now that we've gone down that memory lane, looks like I was back streaming January 5th, writing Matrix reviews uh, around this time last year. I kicked off a uh, live from the Mantry in January. Did some more streams. I got into a little bit of trouble on YouTube. For, I think on YouTube Shorts, and I kind of like was doing a lot of YouTube stuff, and then I was like not streaming. I was worried about my my this whole thing with my teeth and and whatnot too. It's like not a lot of me 
putting myself on camera like I am right now. Hopefully, this is the last stream out of the mantry, and I move into our guest room. See, before the minimalists, and we're really organizing ourselves around here so that I can do that. Because I just want to come in, boop, press one of those big easy buttons from Staples, and have everything <laughs> turn on, not have to worry about knocking the camera out of position because it'll just be fixed. But we've got a pretty good plan. So I might not be streaming a, a ton. Maybe I'm not going to say never, no man tree streaming, but hopefully we can get it set up in there so I can start. I became obsessed with Yellowstone this year. Okay, fine. So did everybody else. Don't need to go into that. Also, uh, got to see uh, Charlie Crockett my favorite country artist this year before we get there i'm just looking through my various posts on stub sub sub stack stub stack and uh yeah i don't know i've just been more writing there so there's like not a lot of streams and videos you can follow me on Substack. it's uh, like it's always free but you can support me some money in the coffers so it's easier for me to take some time and make the podcast which i love doing speaking of podcasts let's let's get after it we kicked off january with irma kostrowski curbcast our curb your enthusiasm podcast then we kicked off uh, well, a little bit earlier in 2021, we started The Legend of G.I. Joe in December. Uh, so that's our G.I. Joe dedicated brand for uh, those podcasts and pretty much almost wrapped up the first season of that. Issue two, we did issue one for G.I. Joe. It will get there. Then we did some more, some more, more, more. Rogering through Roger. The League versus Spy Love Me, continuing our James Bond, bounding through Bond. We had more curb casts. Then we had Moonraker. And it was this was like around the time I was like in trouble with YouTube. But I want to do this mashup with Moonraker and Darth Vader. And it never really came to be. <laughs> but uh, I started this video project and never finished it. But I was mad because I didn't want to get... I was like sort of banned from posting there because I took video of the MC5 from the 60s, but like some German library owned the rights to it. And I was like, really? You're going to ding me for this? And I would have taken it down gladly, but they just were like, no, ban this guy for three months. So I was like, I've been mad at YouTube this year, but maybe we'll reestablish our relationship. Oh, we wrapped up Curbcast with the finale. And what else do we do? Oh, the boys talked about various and sundry things. We posted a new audio adventure. Uh, my uncle, my enemy, recorded years and years ago, <laughs> but finally mixed and, and posted. Continuing our manly videos about manly movies about men, we watched Bullet, basically because none of us had seen it. And we were all really excited. Car chase and all. It's a great fucking movie. And just the way it's shot and everything is very cool. So I liked, I liked doing that movie. Uh, the boys took on Hard Target without me. We did Mission Impossible 3. Making me cringe that we didn't start MI1 and go all the way through. But that's just how it is. I'm not, it's, it's, uh, it's a democracy. So I can't 
insist that we, if we start a movie series, we do it at one. Although we're at my own personal league podcast. That's how I would do it. Even if I didn't like the other ones, that's the thing. I would just sit through them. Convincing Durson to watch a, a Tom Cruise movie is pretty hard. So we got him to do one, at least one Mission Impossible movie. I'm most excited to talk about Cinco de Mayo. That's when we posted our Legend of G.I. Joe with Larry Hama interview. Durson and I snuck over to Larry Hama's table at Wiki Comic Con, and man, we had a great time. We talked about stuff, and we asked him things that weren't necessarily just about G.I. Joe, because it could very easily turn into Chris Farley, especially for me. Like, do you remember when you made the silent issue? That was, that was awesome. That was awesome. That could easily become me. But we asked him some cool stuff, and he we just kind of let him talk, which was cool. Andrew Callahan stuff. Just listen. Just listen. Oh, wow. I, I was really glad when this one came up. The League versus Nobody, which is Bob Odenkirk's action movie. And uh, I hope there's more because, wow, that is a great, great, great movie. Boys were around to do a Transformers episode. Although, though, it is not technically like G.I. Joe, Legend of G.I. Joe thing. I have set us up for future success, Transformers success. So I, I made a, the, the guys did it without me, but what I did was I made a cool little logo that says League versus Transformers based on the little box art. And it's not like I spent a thousand hours on it. I was just like, oh, you guys made a Transformers thing? I made one to help you with it because... Photoshop. I don't know. I liked my logo, and I liked I liked the podcast too. Great job, guys! Jurassic Park took took that one on this summer in our James Bond series. I guess uh, took on our man Flint, James Coburn, of a league favorite. And uh, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. It is definitely what inspired <laughs> awesome powers. I, it's not to say I didn't like it. I did like it. I, I, it was very campy, but campy is not for everybody. Ooh, we took another dive down into the league versus analog brand. Like I'm just calling stuff brands now. Everything's a brand. League, league versus analog shopping. We talked about Orange Julius and going to the mall and Child Worlds and all sorts of stuff. Sam Goody, Music Smith. We talked about going to the mall as a kid, which is what old guys do. We talk about podcasts, but weren't things great when we could go to the mall? Yeah, they were. They were great. They were great back then. I think that was great. Anyways, we are back with what we do in the shadows and a special, special, special edition of the finale coming at you very soon. But before (laughs) that, well, that kind of was our lead up to Halloween and Halloween gave us a double feature creature, double feature. We did the league versus the Wolfman, the Lon Chaney Wolfman, and then the league versus Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, which is essentially the sequel to the Wolfman. I felt like Greg Turkington's on cinema character right there. Yeah, that was a fun double feature and a, a cool thing to do for Halloween, which was great. Then, Derson and I sort of wrapped up, even though I would still like to do another episode of wrap up the season. 
of Legend G.I. Joe or, uh, or it could just be a special edition, uh, because of 300. We came back, we talked issues six, seven, and 10. So our idea was as often as we're going to record this podcast, which is like not often, we're going to just do key issues or key moments. So we're skipping around a lot. I think a key moment is 300, but I could also know that if we wanted to do G.I. Joe the movie, we would just put it under the League versus the Legend of G.I. Joe, the Legend of G.I. Joe, not League versus. That's a different brand. Uh, Legend G.I. Joe versus G.I. Joe the movie. I pitch that to the boys. Let's see what's going to happen with that. Then I could talk like for five minutes about issue 300. That's all I really wanted to. So this was a fun one. There was something streaming and this was, this kind of escaped me. I, I gotten this press release email about this, the sound of 007, which is a documentary about all the music and all of the James Bond films, which is, of course, fits into our bounding through Bond brand. But yeah, so this was great. Thurston suggested we do it. And I said, hey, I got a press release about that. I wasn't sure you guys wanted to see it, wanted to know about it. I, I didn't send it along, although I, I was aware of it. So I was like, felt like a little bad that I didn't mention it. It's great. And I'm not like a big sound track guy. I'm more of like, I like pop music. I don't really listen to like symphonies or the, you know, I'm not putting on the uh, Phantom Menace soundtrack to do work. Like it's just not appealing to me to listen to that stuff, but I do, there's a lot of pop music and also the most recent one, we got Billie Eilish and she's in the movie and part of the soundtrack. So very cool. We get into all that. It's very much still on my mind. It's a very recent podcast we did. <laughs> and, uh, Ooh, presents. We did a, this is a league versus analog two in a way. Uh, it's a war, but it's our holiday Christmas time thing is the war on. So we did the war on Christmas presents and we talked about Walkmans and Michael Knight dolls and stuff like that. But yeah, so that was our most recent one over at leaguepodcast.com. So I went through my sub stack. We went through, we went through all the concerts. Those are all the podcasts we did. What else? What else do I got going on? Not much. I, I mean, beyond that, let's see. Uh, I'm always trying to be efficient with my time. I'd also, you know, sort of like goal setting is I would like to do some more of these streams and uh, goal setting also set up the house to do so. This is cool, but Stacey's like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this you, when, when she's in here? And I said, you see now why every time I do this, I didn't know she was going to be home. Right now, she's of course she's home. It's like the one day off everybody has. It's a little different one. Like, you know, I could have gone to like uh, the WeWork and done this, but I knew she was home or or whatever. But the, the point is setting all this stuff up. It's It's not complicated, but it's not just ready to go. So I have to adjust the camera every time I have to set up the mic. I got this new vocaster, which is awesome. I think it's going to be great for the audio. You know, I'm self-conscious about my dental thing, which I know it's like looks better now, but I'm still self-conscious about it. And my, how I talk and my podcast voice and my audio and all that stuff. Anyways, trying to be like a little less neurotic about that, but if this computer or another computer, a streaming computer, a game computer, a game a computer she can play games on, that is just the camera set up, 
I can turn it on. Like maybe, you know, maybe my laptop just serves as the, here's how I show stuff on Twitch. Like I've just had the one camera set up today, but I do want to stream. I like doing this. I like to stream on YouTube. I like to build my audience there because, um, YouTube is, it's, I don't have a lot of followers. I'm paying for my Twitter blue, but you know what? I fucking deserve it because I've been on Twitter since it started. Uh, and the only way I can get check mark is I was like floating around 3,500 followers. I think you need like 5k for them to take you like really seriously, whatever I bought it. And I just hope it stays around long enough. So it's worth it because I love Twitter and I don't want to go off of it. And I don't mind paying into this, whatever debt <laughs> that Elon Musk has or whatever. I don't think of myself as like any less, like, I think like I was already paying for Twitter blue before it became this whole thing. But also, yeah, when they can give me a badge, I wanted the badge because I think that what I have to say is worthwhile. And I feel like I, pay my dues i like pay my dues in like my professional life and then you get stuff right you get stuff from that i feel like being on social media it's not like that crazy to think that i should be verified in some spots and if i have to pay for it so be it but i'm not like gonna pay for every verification thing but twitter was like really important to me and i was like bummed that i didn't need the criteria exactly i was i felt like i was like just like always getting like c plus but a b minus would have gotten me the, the verification so anyways it's a long way of me just like justifying like paying for the twitter account but i'm like no i have i literally have no shame i have no shame about it i think i deserve it i think i i guess i should say i think i deserve to pay for it and get it and still like kind of have that original clout that it's supposed to have. I don't know why I'm going on this Twitter rant, but it was fun. Hey, I talked about the inter insurrection here and, and Andrew Callahan's uh, stuff, but his art. But anyways, that that's just to say that these are things I would like to talk more about. Maybe I talk live on my Substack podcast or Twitter spaces and uh, not always that comfortable being on camera and setting up the camera and streaming to Twitch just is not an easy thing for me to do. Once we get the place all set up, it will be an easy thing to do. Anyways, I hope everybody that was maybe missing someone this year if people are struggling reach out there's there's a lot of people struggling and the holidays are a tough time so if you are just relaxing right now then you're doing the you're doing the right that's all i have to say i wish everybody the best in the new year you don't have to go crazy and join a gym all you need to do today is relax reflect play some video games eat some brunch do whatever and then maybe you have to work maybe you're in the nightclub industry and you have to work tonight or something but relax until you have to go to work at four or whatever <laughs> and just chill just chill please chill today for me it's been a great year 2022 it was a tough year but we just got to keep having more years. They keep coming at, at us, you know? That's me, Clay Inferno. I'm signing off. Bye for now. Bye.